739 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Yes. Good morning. It's Fence Cola Morning News. Put it up, put it up, put it up. Oh. All right. Yeah, at least at least all of that. A pick slide and harmonics. And I have good and terrible news. Kate Meehan is our pop culture editor at dailyboom.net. Kate, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Good morning. I have, I have, I have great news for Kate and <laughs> for terrible me? news for all of us. Kate is a, like, long, you know, music is her thing. And uh, she has taken a gig doing a morning radio show uh, in New Jersey and uh, and a classic rock station. So congratulations, Kate, which means that you and I are only going to be able to do this one or two more times before you have to take start your new gig. So um, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> happy sad. Yeah, we... We've been doing this for like seven years, and then before that, when I was at Talk Radio Network, I mean, we've been talking a long time. Like a decade. I know. Yeah. Oh, you're such an old friend. Yeah. Uh, emphasis on the friend, not the old. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I love you so much. I want to miss talking to you on Fridays. I mean, we'll, we still have one or two, but I wanted I to give people a heads up, and because it's fresh, I wanted to give people the uh, the announcement. Anyway, um, so speaking not of any of that... Um, <laughs> What what is this lawsuit with Eminem over the Slim Shady over the podcast name with the Real Housewives? I don't understand this story. <laughs> it's the Real Housewives of Potomac, and it is Giselle and Robin, and they do a podcast called Seriously Shady. I feel like that's the wrong title, okay. and I watch the show too, but I'm not going to admit that again. But I do watch the show, <laughs> um, and I can't think of the name of the podcast. But he took issue with it. His team is taking issue with him using the word shady in any way because it's so closely connected to him. I don't know that they really have a legal... Reasonably shady. Reasonably, thank you. Yes. I had to look it up, too. (laughs) I don't know that they really... Yeah, I don't know that they were... Well, yeah, you would have to look it up. I don't, but still didn't know. But, um, yeah, I don't know that he really has a leg to stand on because it's just a word and they're not using it as a name or a description of a person. It's just being used as the word is actually defined. So I don't know that that's really going to go anywhere. They might be fine with using that word still in the title. Yeah. You don't get to trademark. I mean, you don't get to trademark a word typically and his trademark, if anything would be slim shady. You don't get to, you you can hold on to, you can hold on to slim shady, but you can't hold on to slim It'd be like if their if their podcast was called Reasonably Slim, you know, you'd have no, you wouldn't have anything to do, and so I don't. Doesn't... Well, and the thing is, he he's more often called, referred to as Slim too, and not Shady. Oh, all right. Like if somebody's referencing him too, like or if he's talking about himself, he he often calls himself Slim, and like back in the old days in his old lyrics. So I don't know if that's even the right word you would really take issue with, like you just said. I thought it was funny also, apparently, he's not going to appear in the deposition because his lawyers argued that he's not knowledgeable enough about the subject matter to be useful. (laughs) That's that's so not a slam at all. I know. I think that's just descriptive. Um, You know, really... This is a story that you and I have kind of bantered about off air, but uh, I think it's a really interesting one. I think the name of the movie is Acme versus Coyote, and it's a movie that was it's like um 
uh, an updated Looney Tunes, you know, long full length feature. I think it's live action, if I'm not mistaken, instead of cartoon. Um, but it's a movie that the the production company who made it was going to shelve it and not release it, which I guess they do as a way of taking the loss on the sunk money in order to offset their profits on other projects. Do I basically have this right? But now they've changed course and they're going to release it due to, you know, fan pressure. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like math, right? And the math was mathing for them to just squash the whole thing. But then people wanted to see it. So I guess they're not doing that. So I don't know how their math is working now. I don't know how they're going to offset what they thought they were going to do. But what's interesting to me is, you know, we are so down with things being appropriate. How How is this whole, like, cartoon character, like, the whole story, like, isn't somebody going to latch onto the violence connected to it? Because there's always an anvil. There's always an right. issue. There's always something awful happening. So I'm wondering how, in this day and age, they're going to get away with it without the backlash actually being you know, ridiculously bigger than the positivity of them putting it out. Like, they haven't even touched on that yet, but you know that's coming. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Because look at, for example, the remake of Little Mermaid, where they took out the scene in the kitchen because their argument was that scene is so impossible to do live action with all of the cartoon violence that it's based on that you can't do it. And I even think about, like, watching, you know, Home Alone recently. Of course, we've all seen these movies recently because of the holidays. Um, The violence in that movie is... I mean, these guys yeah. got killed dozens of times in that movie if it were to happen in real life. And how do you do right. Looney Tunes behavior in real life without it becoming not entertaining anymore, right? Exactly. And and also, how do you pick and choose? Because some things are deemed too violent. We've got to remove that. But then again, Home Alone is an example of a film that still stands in spite of. Right. So who makes these rules? You know, who decides and and who latches on? It shows you how subjective it really is and how it really does come down to, well, if I like it, then I can overlook all of these other things. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you exactly. Um, One of the other things I wanted to ask you about, it's just kind of, of, I thought it was kind of a fascinating one because you and I sometimes talk about music, is um, I read this article and the article was primarily about how Pentatonix rescued the Hallelujah song and converted it into being a Chris. I mean, it had you know the Jeff Be- uh, um, Buckley version is amazing, but it was never a Christmas song, and it was never written as a Christmas song. Certainly, if you read the lyrics, it's not a Christmas song. But they turned it into a Christmas song, which I thought was fascinating. But the the, the article was all about how you nobody's writing real Christmas songs or carols anymore. It's kind of like the Christmas canon exists. People reinterpret and re-record, but the new material is extremely scarce, right? It really is. Um, Cher put out an album this year, and she was adamant about doing it her way. But besides that, you know, once in a while you'll get a one-off cutesy new song from, like, Ariana Grande or Taylor Swift or somebody that you would expect to— Or Mariah, you know, you know or, or, or Wham. I mean, yeah. these, are, these, are, these are the occasional ones that, that, that break through, right? Yeah, but but for the most part, everything is just a redo of a classic. And part of it, I think, is that the classics hold up. And another part of it is that people don't want to sink money 
into something risky that's only going to be listened to for like four to six weeks out of the year, even if it may stand up and stand the test of time and keep coming back every year, it's still not worth the investment. Um, and the, the way the music industry has changed and way, the ways the distribution has changed and, you know, songs don't really make you money. These artists have to tour. So putting it out would be more of a gift to the fans, I think, than putting money in their own pockets. And, you know, everybody wants to make money. And plus, you'd have to have you'd have to have somebody who has enough knowledge of either religious themes and not be in the religious world necessarily, or knowledge of some right. innovative twist on or fabrication from from scratch of a new Christmas story of some kind, uh, and then how to turn that into a song without also launching a movie or a TV. You know, I mean, I, I can see the kind of structural barriers as well. I just thought I just thought that was fascinating. Plus, I did not know the history of that song, and you know, that was an interesting one as well. Yeah. Um. Well, Kate, we always have more to talk about, but uh, I, I will let you go. I know you're getting prepared for this new, wonderful, awesome, congratulations thing that you're doing, uh, and we'll talk to you again, I hope, at least one or two more times before you start your new gig. But, uh, again, seriously, congratulations. It has been my great pleasure to talk to you all these times for all these years. Uh, Kate Meehan, our pop culture editor at dailyboom.net, and uh, going away, unfortunately, soon in the new year. But, uh, Kate, thanks, as always, for the time uh, over all this time. Uh, I really appreciate you. You know that. So uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Love you. Oh, nope. <laughs> now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy so much.